we are all suckers for surprise. Even if people, someone will tell you, I do not like surprises. They love a good t- plot twist, though. They will. I guarantee you, they're going to see a movie. They're like, oh, that was good. You know, um, I think it's like the uh, the idea of a magician. Like we know there's it's, magic isn't real. We know there's a trick, but we don't want to know the trick. Like you want to fall, like you want to believe the lie. You want to believe the falsehoods um, of the magician's trick. And it's the same thing with plot twists. You like you you like a part of you wants to see it. Maybe you'll pick up on it. But when you love a good plot twist, when you don't see it coming, because you're like, I got to receive the magic rather than look behind the curtain and see all the messiness that went into creating that plot twist. What is up, everybody? You're listening to episode 68 of SFF Addicts. I'm your host, Adrian M. Gibson, and welcome to your weekly dive into the world of science fiction, fantasy, and writing craft. Joining me as always is my co-host, the Chewy to my Han Solo, the Joker to my Commander Shepard, my dear MJ Kuhn. How are you, MJ? Hello, I am great. How are you? I know. Did like little a flower child. Cute little, yeah. I don't even know what this was. <laughs> a curtsy. <laughs> A curtsy, yeah, an arm curtsy. (laughs) An arm curtsy. Uh, If you would like to support MJ, you can pick up her book, Among Thieves, and the sequel, Thick as Thieves. It is a complete duology, and you're going to be so satisfied because people fuck each other over. There's fights and hatchets and heists and all kinds of fun stuff, and you're going to love it, and it's going to be fun, and they're short, and they read fast. So go help her out. Go support her work. (laughs) Every and, time you say it, they fuck each other over. In the, yeah. <laughs> I, I they fuck each other. Mentally pause over. and I'm like, it's false advertising. <laughs> yeah. That's why I love it. It's like fuck each other, <laughs> wink, over. Or and, do they? <laughs> <laughs> or do they? Is this a romanticy? Right. It's not. Uh, as well, for <laughs> anyone who is listening or watching the official SFF Addicts Patreon and Merch Store are live, so check the links in the description to support what we do here. Also, don't forget to rate and review the podcast on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the FanFighter YouTube channel where this and every other episode of the show is available in full video. And now, joining us once again is none other than Aparna Verma, author of The Phoenix King. Welcome back to the podcast, Aparna. How's it going? I am well. Thanks for having me back, you guys. I'm still part of the Cool Kids Club. Thank you. Hell yeah. <laughs> You've always been part of the Cool Kids Club. Now it's yeah. just the affirmation. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's the affirmation portion. Exactly. Uh, heads up, this is part two of our two-part chat with Aparna, so I recommend checking out part one to get to know her better. Today, though, we're going to fuck with your heads as we delve into a mini masterclass on plot twists. Uh, so... To kick off this most sadistic of masterclasses, why do you think plot twists are so popular and so compelling for readers, viewers, and consumers? Ah, oh my gosh. I think um, we are all suckers for surprise. Even if someone will tell you, I do not like surprises, they love a good plot twist though. They will, (laughs) I guarantee you, they're going to see a movie, they're like, oh, that was good, you know? Um, I think... We, we like to be surprised and we like when expectations are um, gone, go overboard. So uh, like if you are like watching a show and um, something happens to a character that you weren't expecting, I think one, we love that because we see that character in a different light. So it alters your perspective. You might hate it if the character dies off, then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm crushed, but you're still going to keep watching the show because you're so emotionally invested now. It made you feel something. It made you feel something. Um, But I think another part is like, we love, like, it's like the uh, the idea of a magician. Like we know there's, magic isn't real. We know there's a trick, but we don't want to know the trick. Like you want to fall, like you want to believe the lie. You want to believe the falsehoods um, of the magician's trick. And it's the same thing with plot twists. You like you, you like a part of you wants to see it. Maybe you'll pick up on it. But when you love a good plot twist, when you don't see it coming, because you're like, 
I got to receive the magic rather than look behind the curtain and see all the messiness that went into creating that plot (laughs) twist. Yeah. Like all the messiness that involves like from the writer's perspective would be like, fuck, I got to piece all these things together for the reader. It's just like different drafts. Yeah, exactly. But for the reader, it's like the willful engagement and surprise and and the magic and the illusion of it is so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just fucking so good. I know. I love a good plot twist. (laughs) And I am curious, what is a part of, do you remember the first plot twist that just like left your jaw on the floor? Um, I'm gonna go to Bollywood because <laughs> I I I um would there's this one because I was talking about the first one like some of the first movies so growing up um, as an immigrant I did not really consume a lot of American culture American media it was mostly Hindi music or Hindi films um, and one of the the most uh, the ones that I uh, really really loved uh, was. Uh, What's it called? Om Shanti Om. Which, if if you know anything about my book, you're going to see remnants of Om Shanti Om in it because I just love that movie so much. Um, and I can talk about the plot to us because it's like, it's decades old at this point. Um, oh. <laughs> at least, I don't know about decades, but at least one decade well, old. Well, heads up, spoiler alert for <laughs> this this movie. This movie. No, but, we've um, given them a heads up. They can they can tap out. <laughs> ex- exactly. So at the end of the movie, so I'll, let, me, let me set up the stakes first. Hold on. Love it. There, there's this, the, the movie starts off with Shanti Priya, who is this beautiful up and coming actress. And then um, Om, who is played by Shah Rukh Khan, the most amazing actors of Bollywood, who I have a major crush on. And... <laughs> he is smitten by her and he wants to like he's in love with her and he's like this b b grade actor like he is not in the in her league um but uh they form a friendship and he finds out on the day that she tells her husband that she's pregnant that her, her husband tries to kill her um and he succeeds and ohm in this moment is trying really hard and it's by fire uh like she gets burned to death and he is like outside banging on the door of the set to save her and he gets blown away and he dies fast forward a few years he gets reborn because this is bollywood and we believe in reincarnation Reincarnation, baby he gets reborn (laughs) as this rich hot shot actor's kid so suddenly he is the like the like shanti priya all over again you know like he is the one um the one to be like sought after um he slowly regains his memories and he's trying to get back against the husband who killed the love of his life somehow in the logic of this movie he finds a woman who looks exactly like shanti priya and it's the same actress i don't know they, they, they have like some doppelganger that came into play and she and him create this ruse and making him go crazy and feel guilt for her death. We come to the climax of the movie. They're in the same set. Like he rebuilds this set just to fuck with this guy. It was like, you know, like just, and he remakes the same movie that he burned down the set for just to further fuck with him. And, uh, the, the, you know, the evil guy is about to like get away and suddenly the chandelier drops on him. And he looks up the staircase and it like Shanti Priya. And like he's like, oh, she did it. And then the doors open and the doppelganger goes in, comes in. And he's like, wait, if that's you, who's this? And that was actually Shanti Priya. Like it was her what? ghost, uh, like who like reemerges and takes revenge. So she is the one who takes revenge. And she's like, oh, yeah. you buried me alive. I was alive yeah. and breathing. I didn't die from the fire. You buried me and our kid alive. And so that, like, that twist, I was like, oh, my, I just remember as a kid, I was like, are ghosts going to come? Like, ghosts are real. Like, they are real. Um, And that's why Bollywood is so awesome. Oh, it's so good. It's so, like, like, a Hollywood movie could not pull that off. They just couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. There's only, like, that, that, that twist, I was going to bring it up later, but The Prestige by, like, Christopher. Yes. Oh. Where that that oh, is God. like the only thing that I could compare in Hollywood, and I don't even think that's like a very Hollywood like flavor of movie. big glam, yeah. But 
that one where it was just like, oh shit, he's got a twin. And yeah. the other dude's like trying to get all up in the fucking like Tesla, yes. like, like technology of like cloning himself. Yep. And then it's just like, no, dude had a twin the whole time. Yep, the whole time. It was <laughs> the whole time. And the funny thing is, they say that in the beginning of the movie. They tell you how the trick works. It's with a twin. Yep. And the whole movie is made to make you believe it's there's no yep. twin. And then yeah. boom, like you're just so sidetracked, you forget the beginning, yes. and then you're like, exactly. it was a twin all along, and that's how plot twists work. Yeah, and speaking, I mean that 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 plays like that movie is so meta because it's like a magic trick of a movie about magicians, and it's like this is the big question I yeah. feel for plot twists. Like, what makes a plot twist great? Like, what makes a surprise land? And for people to be like, oh shit, and have that moment where they're just like infinitely invested in whatever the fuck else this movie has to do yeah so do you have you guys read or watch gone girl yeah so i have not but i'm familiar with what happens such a good such a good movie such such a good twist because this you suddenly realize oh my god the wife is alive and she was behind all of this all along i remember when i read it i was like audibly gasped when i got to her chapter and i was like It was her. And anyway, and it just made me so much more invested because it, everything made sense. And that's the thing about plot twist is that it's always been a part of the text, but through like, you know, um, layers of storytelling through like second glances, through maneuvering, like we're making you look here. It's like the magician. It's like, look over here while the real magic trick is happening over here. It's the same thing with storytelling. Because with Gone Girl, we always think it's, I think Nick is like the name of the husband or whatever. We think he's like, he's the asshole. He's the one who's been behind this. But as we get to her chapter and we learn who she is, we realize she was the, she had the means to do this all along. And suddenly because you have that realization, you can go back in the story and you're like, oh yeah, that was her in that scene. That was her who made the pregnant woman think she killed a child. And so like, it, that's that, I don't know. I love a good plot twist because for me, if I go back in the movie, I was like, it was there all along. I just didn't pay attention to it. And it, it breaks my heart when a plot twist doesn't deliver is because I found out about it before. So either the movie or the book didn't hide it well enough for me to like and my investigator Sherlock Holmes like <laughs> method to like <laughs> see it come to be. Yeah. Well, that's what I say. I, when I, remember a plot twist right like books and movies and stuff where i'm like oh this was a good plot twist i will recommend this book forever it's because i am annoying and i always say i can never get tricked by plot twists which isn't true i can but it's it's i think that when you are a writer i'm sure all of us have this a little bit where it's like you just you pick up on the little things more so than you might have before yeah and so it's harder to trick us and so no but when it us, when it lands it's so it dope even more impressive though. it is and that's exactly the thing where it's like yeah. i will recommend the the stuff where it does trick me forever because yeah um, but yeah, kind of speaking of that, how do you think, so we talked a little bit about some movie examples and then mm-hmm. obviously plot twists in books. Um, how do you think that, um, a plot twist might play out differently in written fiction versus television or film? And like, how do you feel about the advantages, disadvantages of each of the mediums? So the one thing about books is that you can accidentally flip forward and you'll see it. Like <laughs> that's yeah. the one thing. Like I have done that before, where I'm like picking up a book and I'm like, oh shit, this character who was dead, I suddenly see their name at the end of it. Like, what have I done? <laughs> it's like I ruined it for myself. Like you know, like so in that, like that's a very easy answer. Um, but I think um, going deeper with movies, there's more of a visual aspect where there's a lot more going on. Um, you're kind of. Movies, I think, have a, are very, very easily add to ambiance. They create the atmosphere very, very quickly. Like a book has to do a lot more to create the atmosphere of the world. A movie gets right into it because it's so visual. Uh, and you have sounds. If you're watching a theater, you have surround sounds. So you're deeply ingrained in it. Um, and so I think like when like you're watching Prestige, you're so caught up in Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman and looking at like their rivalry because that's what like really propels the story forward is like how they're always trying to one-up each other and becoming the best magician they can be and you forget that little detail which they told you in the beginning that the trick of like 
the trick is there's a twin. There has to be a twin. Um, but because you're so, it's not even like sidetracked. Like it's it's very purposeful, purposefully done because it's just so much more interesting um, to learn about their characters. So it's the same thing I think with books. I think books can go a little bit deeper into that character dynamic um, where we see a little bit more of that tug and pull. Um, so uh, I, I'll go to like Gone Girl um, because that was like one of those. That was a book where I did not see coming and it was so darn good like i was one of those like i don't audibly gasp like you know like i don't audibly gasp or laugh when i'm reading like that's not a thing this one made me do it (laughs) (laughs) like it really really did and um like for me it was because of the character work and the character development of their relationship of the wife and the husband that you start to realize they're both awful and they're both perfect for each other. So, you know, so like maybe he deserved this and maybe she deserved what, you know, and she deserved what happened to her as well because it's like, it's not even enemies to lovers because they're already lovers, but it, they, they see each other's darkness and they accept it. And I think that made that ending much more powerful, even though you're scared shitless for the husband. Like, you know, you're, you're so compelled by how they interact and treat each other and continue to like buy into like their each other's darkness. They're not even stopping it. They're like, okay, yeah. let's see how far down the hole we yeah, can go. They're encouraging yeah. each other. They're encouraging <laughs> in like the most fucked up twisted way. Exactly. And, and it's like it's like watching like a like a, a forest fire or something on fire, like on the on the road. Like you just can't like whenever there's an accident on the road, everyone the traffic piles up. Even if it's on the other side of the highway, everyone slows down to see. It's the same thing. They're just like, you just want it. You, you can't tear yourself away. The Red Wedding in Game of Thrones. Another one that like gutted you, you know? But I will say, I'm sorry. I'm like going on a rant. But there there was um that one I almost got because I found it so weird. I'm forgetting her name. Um, the mother, Lady uh lady catlin yeah cat yeah she she keep she made there was like the the novel i mean the book itself made a weird point of her always asking the king for food and wine which has which was a detail that was never done in any other part of the book she's like laura like can we have your food and wine and she just made a deal like oh like once you get to food and wine you have the hospitality and the protection of the house and i just found like it's a weird detail to focus on so i think that's when you as a writer that's when you start to see the mad like the the tricks behind the magic is like when someone's making a like a shifting purposely shifting your attention to this one detail you're like why are we learning about this right now like, like it makes like no I know, I know, it's like yeah. i know george r. r martin loves like food and wine in his book yeah like, <laughs> right but why is she so desperate? Like, at least asking yeah. the Lord over and over again. You're just kind of like, oh. Give me your hospitality, up. sir. Yeah, yeah. Please. It's like, well, he sure did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, well, this is a good launching point to get into some of the more technical elements of achieving a great plot twist. First is kind of the setup. Mm-hmm. The ways in which the groundwork is laid for a plot twist such that it is foreshadowed but not overly predictable or given away too fast so what are what are your thoughts on how to lay that groundwork in such a way where these things can be effectively um sort of um messaged to the reader but not in a way where they're just not like overkill. Yeah. Banged over the head with the fact that it's like this shit's coming. Yeah. Something's coming. <laughs> yeah. So um there are not there are plenty of plot twists in in the Phoenix King, um, and one of the things that I was very mindful of when writing them was the book naturally propels towards this uh, the coronation day. Like we all know, there's a there's a threat that's supposed like you know there's a threat on coronation day. Will it actually happen? So you have that anticipation um, of that reader already like built in. When it came to the plot twist, 
I wanted to bury it deep enough into the text that if someone like really, really read really deep, they would like, they would see the little, they would see the little herrings. Like they would, because you want to reward your readers. So I, I believe in rewarding your readers. Like if they read deep enough, like it's almost like you're having a secret conversation with them. And those yeah. like who read, it's like, it's a reward. It's a, like a reward, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like the TikTok audio. It's like I a was going to say your TikTok experience coming through here. <laughs> exactly. Um, but for the ones like who are just in it for like the vibes and just want to have escaped this fantasy, what you, what I did was, and what you, you know, I've seen like um, other authors do is that they focus on the intimacy between characters. And I know I touched upon it before. But the things that makes stories, at least for me, so compelling are the characters. Um, pe- I, people love plot-driven stories. People love character-driven stories. I like a happy medium <laughs> of both. Um, but I think characters are the one that keep propelling the story forward. So you need to have compelling characters. And how do you do that is the conflicts. So it's through the conflicts of these characters and the things that they say, but mostly the things that they don't say to each other. That's where you can bury some of those plot twists. Like, you know, because you, in a way, like if you, if you just went a little deeper, you realize like, why didn't he tell her this ahead of time? Why didn't he do this? Or why didn't she do this ahead of time? And then you start to realize, Oh my God. Then he gets to the plot twist. You're like, oh, that's why. And, but it was mm-hmm. there in the text all along. But it was through character work that that yeah. hit it so well. I love those that. are the I kinds feel of like... things where where like the the editor that um, that first read your book at Orbit, where she's like, I want to give Yasin like a hug, you know, because it's like these are the like the feels that you get for yeah. these characters, and the plot twist. And the buildup to that is kind of like an accentuation of of the things that you're feeling about these characters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I was just going to say, I feel like it's a, a really fascinating and uh, tactical tip for, for the listeners that it sounds like, and it makes total sense, uh, a great way to get the plot twists in there early is not through what is in the setup, but what isn't. It's, it's kind of like mm-hmm. looking for the photo negative. Um, yeah. Which is for, yeah, knowing when to restrain yourself as a writer is always a challenge anyways. And I feel yeah. like that's, you know, just an extra consideration when you're writing a plot twist. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the, the, the red herrings, the false things. We're misdirecting the reader. We're tricking them into looking the wrong way while we do our magic trick. Um, what are your tips and thoughts about how we do red herrings well? So uh, this is where favoritism comes in. Uh, into play (laughs) (laughs) into your writing where I I have seen like if there's there's the concept of the chosen one right and the phoenix king kind of plays with that of like there's a prophet like you know there's someone is a prophet this prophet is among us this prophet's going to burn down this whole kingdom etc etc the the question is who is this person that's who you know and 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 the the tyrant king leo is like hell bent on finding this person or else he's going to lose everything he and his family have ever worked for Despite um, losing himself. Despite losing himself in the process. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Adrian. <laughs> I got you. Thank you. Um, so to me, what I love to do is that the text sometimes will naturally start to gravitate. You have to make the text naturally start to gravitate towards a certain character. To think like, oh, that guy's a chosen or that person's a chosen one. Like, you know, she's a chosen one. No, he's a chosen one. And then you start to complicate it by creating attributes that feel similar, like that feel similar to the chosen one to someone else. Then your reader is confused. You're like, wait, I originally thought it was this person, but now it's this person. And so you're leading them on this almost like, like almost through this, like this maze. Um, and this, it's almost like a game. You're playing a game with the reader. And that's what makes it so fun. Because the ones who figure it out, you're like, good job. You just leveled up. Like, good. You know, you, think, <laughs> you know, and the other ones are just like, let's go on. Like, you know, you're kind of encouraging them along the way. And that's, you know, I, I just love having that personal relationship with my readers in the text itself. Um, and so I, I think you you build up tension through 
stakes where if you make the characters feel like if I do not find who this person is, these are the consequences. And you make it intrinsic for the plot where you're like, it, the reader feels like, oh my God, if they don't find who this person is, shit's going to happen. Like, you know, like I we want to find who it is. Um, and then you complicate that because then you start to add backstories. Like, wait, do we really want to find out who this person is? Should we just let them go? And so you're playing with the reader's feelings and complicating things by throwing questions through the characters. And that's through the character's conflict. So Leo might believe one thing of the prophet. Alina might believe another thing about the prophet. And you're like, ah, oh, they're both making compelling arguments. I just don't know who to choose. And all this time you're like, wait, who are we looking for anyway? You know, because you're so entangled by their own arguments against each other you don't realize like, holy shit, there was a mastermind behind this after all. Right. Yeah. I, lo- I love that. I love that. Just really messing with people's heads kind of thing. It's fine. Um, at the same <laughs> time, it's fun. like, at the same time as you're, as you're just like twisting their mind around, like you're saying to give them like little rewards here and there um, to go back to like what we were talking about last episode with Pokemon. It's just like, give them a little bit of that you know, like level up, evolution, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you were a Charmander. Now you're a Charizard. You're very close to the end. Well, exactly. You're about to hit final Speaking. boss level. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like we're, we're getting close to like the final gym yeah. and then, and then, and then you're almost there, man. Then you're yeah. almost there. But like that brings us to the big thing, which is the reveal. It's like, you have all these little sort of rewards along the way to satisfy the reader. And then you have the big reveal, which is the point where it's like the oh fuck moment. Mm-hmm. How do you know when is the right time to drop a plot twist such that it has a maximum surprise effect, but B doesn't come out of, out of nowhere or leave the reader confused? I like to drop the plot twist in the quiet moments of the book. When there's almost, because there's so much emotional turmoil that that happens in in especially in like fantasy narrative especially in the phoenix king it's like when you think the reader believes like oh i'm gonna get a breather it's like nope here it is like kidding (laughs) just kidding and like holy shit and uh what i love about it is like only one character is aware of that plot twist no one else and so suddenly the reader's having heart palpitations because they're like they don't know this like guys hello like over here and so you're making it, you're making the reader more emotionally involved in the story by looking at their emotional landscape. So this is actually something I was talking about at a con recently about, we were talking about battle scenes and writing court entry. And one of the things I was saying is that, you know, when you're writing a good a battle scene or a fight scene, one thing is obvious, like it's like the physical landscape, like who is where, like the positioning. But another thing you have to pay attention to is the emotional landscape of the characters. That's what makes a fight so much more real, so much more, uh, the, the stakes are just so much higher because of it. Because if they lose, this is what it means. And this is what it means to them. You know, like their loss suddenly feels like your loss. And so um, I feel the same way about plot twists. Like you, 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 in some ways you see the physical landscape. You're like, okay, this is the plot. This is the setting. These are where the character's going to do. But you also have to pay attention to the emotional landscape of the reader. So what are the emotional beats that the reader is going through right now? That's almost like a whole different plot line. Uh, it's like closely mirrored to your book, hopefully, um, to the emotional beats of your book, hopefully, right? It's just like, <laughs> hopefully the reader isn't hating the book in the middle. You know, you're just like, ah! Um, but hopefully they're in it and they're loving it. And you you start to when you become a cognizant of like okay i've been really fucking with the reader let's give him a little reward let's give him a breather i the, the reader believes that they're safe right now the reader believes that the characters are safe let me rip out the rug from underneath them you know <laughs> let me be extra mean <laughs> let me be extra mean and they're just gonna i told love you we were it. gonna get sadistic this episode <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are we are because it's fun you have to <laughs> yeah See, when writers are having fun, that's when readers know to run away, but they can't because they're so because they love it. They secretly they're love it. They're too interested. They do. They love it. If if they're mad because they're feeling too much, that's a win for us. Yes. That is a win. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
So we've talked a lot about how to do a plot twist right. I feel like we should talk about the flip side. So like ways plot twists can go wrong, things that, you know, can happen that will make them fall apart in the narrative. Um, And then, you know, if you can think of, I know it feels kind of like call outy, but if you can think of any examples of ones. (laughs) Okay, perfect. That aren't great ones, right? And then we can kind of pick it apart and say, okay, why doesn't it work? You know what I mean? So I will preface this. I love this book. I love this series. But Jade City by Fonda Lee, the death I love it of, too. of like of Lan. I saw that coming yep. the moment he entered the page. Yep. <laughs> and, the oh, yeah. reason, and the reason is because we've seen that type of character so many times. The older brother or like the the older sibling. You saw this? Like this is totally different. Yellowstone. The oldest brother died in the first episode. You're like, I I saw that coming. The oldest one always dies in these family in these family dramas. It's just it's part of that trope. And I think it's like when you when you work with a trope, one of the things you have to be careful of is that if you lean it too heavily, the element of surprise goes away. You know, so with the idea of land of being like, it's always the older male figure who is the mentor who always has to die. (laughs) Think of holding the family together and now they fall apart. Also, yeah. also the fact that he's like a reluctant this, leader. Yes, he, he's already well, yeah. reluctant to assume the mantle. Yeah, it's like oh, he's and so it's such like a, a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then he's like he makes sacrifices. You're like he's the first one to go. <laughs> <laughs> but I will Too say, pure even for this though, world, even though it's kind of even though it's kind of like predictable in a way. That one still hit hard. It still hurt. It's like, I love Lan, and I was yep. fucking sad when he died. I was sad yeah. too. And so it's like. Even though you can see it coming, it still hurts when it happens. You know? Yes, and and I think that's the that's a uh, a celebration of the author because what the author has done at that point, like even though you know what's coming, they have made you so emotionally and like uh, and intellectually invested into the story. They're like, look, I know what's going to happen, but I want to see it played out anyway. Right. I'm you know, still I, along for the ride. I'm yeah. still along for the ride. I'm here for the pain because I'm statistic. Like, you know, like <laughs> I want it, like, you know? Um, so that was like, like the Greenbone saga. Like, I feel like it with, with the idea of land, you knew it was coming, but you still wanted to see it played out because you wanted to see how the siblings would react to that death. Because you knew that yeah. would, you know, that would Super question. true. Yeah, you know it was going to crush them, and you just wanted to see how they would, what would happen to the family when their leader was gone, right? And shout out to Fonda, you're yeah, awesome. Yeah, Fonda's you're, amazing. We love you, Fonda. Love you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, but it's, I'm I'm curious from your perspective, like this, that's kind of like a, a a middle ground where it's like you can have plot twists that that are playing into tropes and and you know, could be like purposefully predictable. Yeah. But you still set things up in such a way where the investment is there. Yeah. Are there plot twists that, that you feel like just lose the investment or lack the investment and therefore like it still falls so flat? Yeah. I think um, plot twists, when you make it a little bit too complicated, uh, they fall flat. Uh, I think as writers, we wanted things to be as seamless as possible. So sometimes we think by adding more embellishments on top, we like the writing or the story becomes snazzier, becomes sparkly, like it becomes more intellectual. Like, you know, you and sometimes you just got to take a ba- step back and understand simple is best. And especially when it comes to plot twists, um, if you're trying to do too much, it and you're, you're starting to realize that, I think that's when you start to take a step back and realize, I'm just going to confuse the reader now. I'm not even like, it's not even about being like intellectually compelling. It's like mysterious. Like, no, it's just straight up confusion. So that's where you have to be a little bit careful. Um, ideas of like where it could be too complicated is like when you're adding, we're trying to play with too many plot twists. And suddenly you're, you cornered yourself and you're like, I don't know how to pull all these off, you know? Um, another one could be sometimes you have uh, plot twists that make no sense because they weren't woven in early into the book. Um, and the reader will see, read it. It's like, how, where, how did this happen? Like, you know, how did Bran right. become the king? 
how the heck did that happen <laughs> at the end of Game of Thrones? Like, I wanted Danny. I wanted John. Like, how the heck did this boy get it? You know, like, so stuff like that. I think one of the many reasons people are pissed off by the end the last season. <laughs> There's a Game lot of reasons. Of it was fucking rushed. Stop about that. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, no, I love that because there is a difference. There's there is striking the balance between you want people to be surprised, but you want it to feel like you said earlier, like thunk, like it clicks into place, like yeah. oh holy shit! Now suddenly everything makes sense. And I do think a, a you know a pitfall that some people might fall into is oh I just want it to be a total surprise, but then yeah. you've gone the other way where it's like oh the, nothing makes any sense now yeah. um which is not satisfying for for anyone <laughs> exactly exactly and you you brought up tropes um and tropes can be good and tropes can be bad it's mm-hmm. it's a mixed bag as a writer and it's a mixed bag as a reader but do you think that there are some distinct tropes at least from your perspective that you feel are overplayed at this point mm, it's a good question uh, I think the idea of the chosen one can sometimes be overplayed. And I know that's funny for me for me to say, but I I swear to you, book two is going to throw that in a loophole. Because like when you're like, oh, I you thought... You played it really well, too. Well, thank you. Say. Yeah, well, but you're like, oh, it was. I thought it was this person by the end of book one. I'm like, holy shit. This is totally new. I don't know what just happened. So hopefully I'll deliver on that. Um but I think the chosen one, because we've seen the farm boy leaves his village and suddenly he's a powerful guy. And then you're like, oh, my God, like, it's been done before. <laughs> you know? Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker. We're looking at you, Randolph Ra- Thor. Yeah. <laughs> Randolph Thor, yep. <laughs> so it's it's just like when things have been overdone and you're, and you're doing the, the – um, you're doing the trope, but not really adding anything new to it or adding emotional complication. Cause you can still do the same trope the way it was delivered before. But if you don't add that emotional complexity to it, it's not, the reader's not going to care. It's like, I already knew this was coming. It's like with land. It's like, I knew this was coming, but I'm going to read it because I'm so emotionally invested. You could do a chosen one. You're just like, it was, this guy's an asshole and he's a chosen one. And I'm just kind of like, I don't really care. Like, you know, Sometimes that happens and it's because you just, they weren't able to connect with the characters because either the world building was too confusing and they were lost in that. Um, They didn't understand the characters because they didn't understand their motivations. Their motivations were a little bit unclear. That's another thing. Um, Or just, you just made it a little bit too complicated. You know what I mean? You're trying to achieve maybe a little much and then, and it all comes together, but, and that's okay. It happens. Like, you know, we're, you know, as writers, I think we're always growing. Uh, and that's why this is like a craft podcast and we're like listening 100%. on how to get better. Um, but just like, you know, words of the wise, just keep it simple. You know, don't make it, don't make it hard for yourself. Yeah. Right. And also every trope can be made fresh. Yes. So oh yeah. You, come to it you just have to put your own spin on it. Your own yes. something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Your own flavor. Yeah. Uh, own I'm curious flavor. if you have any plot twists <laughs> that you think are underutilized in the you know what i mean like tropes for mm-hmm. for a plot twist you feel like ooh, i don't see enough of this enemies one. to lovers back to enemies no yeah <laughs> right that would be heartbreaking that although, but, like, although it's great times. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that and i wholly support it um i'm trying to think of a trope that needs to be done more yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't really think I have anything that's really coming. Oh, okay. I feel like the the found family trope is so near and dear to my. I love found family tropes, like especially when MJ does. Same yeah. girl. <laughs> they're so good, and like when you do it well, you're like, "These are my family." What do you mean? And as and it always happens, the family breaks apart, and it's heart wrenching, and it's terrible. But I would love to see a plot twist where everyone in the family gets more and more corrupted, like Succession, and they continue to have each other's back. Like in Succession, well, there's a splintering of like the father and the children, but the Read children, these. yes, Among these plug for Among these. <laughs> like, you know, so it, it, it's, you want, I, I don't know, I just like to see the more corruption. And like, even though they know they're doing terrible things, they have each other's back. Yeah. I would like to see that. Shitty people family. being shitty together. 
That is like Among Thieves. That's in the same. You literally just in, basically in described nutshell. Among Thieves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Shitty people being shitty and loving each other, sort of. <laughs> yeah, that's why I call them like toxic found families. They are yes. toxic found families. That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. And we love it. We're here what, for it. What family... <laughs> What family isn't dysfunctional and toxic, you know? Exactly. I know, right? Like at least exactly. a little bit. <laughs> it's exactly. like we can we can we can hug, but we can also spit venom. And yes. at the end of the day, you know? That's mm-hmm. how we know we're family. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck exactly. You. And I love you. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we've already mentioned a bunch of plot twists so far, but yes. I think it would be fun to share some of our personal favorites. Um I, I, the prestige is like up there for me as an yes. amazing one. Which, if you uh, notice, Game Adrian, when you put it in our document, I literally highlighted I, it with a comment and wrote "yes" in all caps. I, know. <laughs> I saw that. It was it was perfect. It's better than than changing our whole Google Doc question list to just like no. <laughs> so oh yeah, this is a behind the scenes fun story. I was trying to be helpful and send the questions to a guest uh, at like two in the morning when I'd been out to the bar with friends and I accidentally yeah. deleted all the questions. No. And just wrote no. <laughs> I just wrote no. I have no idea why. Um, I was able to fix it in the morning. So yeah. <laughs> Luckily it's Google Docs and it's like exactly. all there's an unversion histories. We were fine. Yeah. <laughs> but Great. yeah, now we've learned my lesson to not to try to be productive when I've hung out with you that <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, MJ. I appreciate the yes. The positivity is good. Yes. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Um, okay, so uh Fight Club is one of my favorite Ooh, twists. It's a good one. All time. Both the book and the movie pull it off. That's a good one. Um, I really, really love that. Uh, Game of Thrones, we've already mentioned there's the Red Wedding, but also Ned Stark's death. I was yes. going to say Ned's If you're upset yes. about me spoiling that, fucking deal with it. You're it so late to the party. The you're so late. so late. I mean, we already spoiled um, the Red Wedding like earlier in the episode. Yeah, so if they yeah. were, yeah, ship is yeah, sailed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Uh, we've mentioned Alexander Darwin, a uh, friend of ours. The Combat Codes has a really good twist in it. That um, one had, like, you know, you said with Gone Girl, you literally gasped. That was me with the Combat Codes one. Like, I literally, I, like, texted Alex after. I was like, I, my job was literally, like. <laughs> it's like, dude, <laughs> fucking pull it off. Like, that was a good one, yeah. Um, one of my favorites of all time in science fiction is The Three-Body Problem mm. um, by Sitchin Lu. And that one is just, like. Holy shit. That is already such a complex novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to say. But the twist is simple. And I think that's why it's so successful. That's the it's simple. Like the, world, saying, yeah. the world around it is just like, holy shit, we got like aliens on like a, like a, on like a different planet. We have like this slow build of alien invasion and first contact and all that. But when the, tr- oh my God. God, when that twist drops, <laughs> and of course they better fucking pull it off. Oh, and the, the people series. who the people who made Game of Thrones TV show are doing the three body problem TV show, so they love wait their like twist, the but like they, Benioff and Weiss are yeah they're doing the three body problem TV show which is coming out next year, and they better not just my nervous it. face. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. just, me all, just me being a little like just like pouty minx. <laughs> good stuff yeah well um, just no one give them a star wars deal so they get bored and try to wrap it up too fast huh yeah <laughs> star <fired>. wars yeah <laughs> um the drowning empire is my last one andrew stewart loves a good plot twist i know you do girl and you are so fucking good at them and you're so good at characters which is why her plot twists why work because you are invested in everybody and then shit hits the fan and it's beautiful and i love that series so much MJ, what are your picks? Yeah, well, Adrian, you stole a bunch of mine, but I have a few left. Um, so the first one is Shutter Island. Um, oh, so yeah. I remember going to the theater to see, because, okay, I'm about to spoil Shutter Island if you have somehow not seen it since uh, <laughs> the last 13 years or whatever, years, yeah. um, or read it in longer than that. Because uh, yeah. it, 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 similar to Fight Club, I think the book and the film both pull off this plot twist really well. but. Um, Literally, as I was watching the movie, I remember being thinking I was one step ahead. You know what I mean? Thinking I was like, oh, no, 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 it's all a conspiracy. And like, no, 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 the woman in the cave, she's on on it too. And like, I thought I like had it all figured out. And then like the twist actually hits. And it was like, 
oh my God. And I remember just sitting in the car with my friend driving home from that movie and it was like dark outside and like whatever. And we're just sitting in silence. We didn't even have the radio on. We're just <laughs> driving in silence. And after like 10 minutes, he turns to me and he's like, what if none of this is real? And I was like, shut up. <laughs> but yeah, so that one fucked me up. Uh, that was a really good one. Um, and then I'm oh, actually no. going to pull two from the world of young adult fiction. Uh, Cause I think a lot of YA fiction is doing uh, plot twist really well. Um, so All Your Twisted Secrets by Diane Urban. Going a little off book here. This is not um, fantasy sci-fi. It is like just a YA thriller. Um, but it's amazing. It's a story. It basically, I forget, I think it's six teens are locked in a room. They, they find themselves trapped in a room uh, and they find a note with a bomb and a vial of poison. And Ooh. one of them has to inject themselves with the poison. And if none of them does, then the bomb will go off and they'll all die. Um, it's so good. It's so good. I think I read this book in an afternoon. I mean, not like a whole day, but like I literally yeah. like one sitting, read the whole thing. Um, and there's a twist and it's great. Um, and then the last one, I feel like it's probably everyone talks about it at this point, or at least a lot of book talk does, but Red Queen, um, mm. the twist in Red Queen with maven got me and i was not expecting it at all and i don't know how it got me but it did <laughs> so there you go those are my ones aparna i feel like i've said all of mine at this point like, and we've been like given all the examples throughout we've been it, like it. oh you did this one and this one i was like as you guys were talking I'm, like looking at my shelf i'm like are we like are there other ones that i haven't mentioned right. um oh god i'm like trying to like my racking my brain of like some like good movies that i've watched recently i'm just kind of like no like they're not at least the ones this year the movies weren't that great oh 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 here's a good one the spider-verse the new spider-verse movie and the ending mm. of that spider-verse spider-verse movie i don't know have you guys seen it yet i no, have the, the newest... first one but not the new one. okay i'm not gonna say anything but the ending you're like holy crap he's not where he's supposed to be and like that's all i'm gonna tell you Ooh. It was amazing. Uh, going <laughs> into it. going into the the, like, the Marvel the, the Avengers when I you know a part of me is like what so here's the thing with superhero movies you always think it's gonna end well like you always know but when Thanos snapped and people did disappear like oh this yeah. is different and then it ended and you were like oh everyone shit. was like what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, is this for real? And he was like, oh. and so, and the thing is, like, Marvel was, and this is years now, like, we're all used to it, but Marvel was the one of the first to actually take a big superhero movie and not make it end happily ever after. And you're just like, I was lied to. I was believe, I believe this one trope, and they twisted it over. Um, so I, there's that. Um, I'm trying to think of. A book I read recently uh, that did it well. Um, oh, there is one. Um, it's it's a quieter book, and but I love the prose. Um, the plot twist isn't surprising as it is depressing. It's very heartbreaking. Um, and it's called the Saturday Night Ghost Club. It's by Craig Robinson. It's a it's a very thin thin book like it's just maybe like a couple maybe 250 pages not not really long mm -hmm. okay yeah um and it's absolutely beautiful i picked it up for five bucks at barnes and nobles thinking like oh it's nothing and i was crushed by one i love good prose as a writer i when i find oh, yeah. good prose i'm like this needs to belong in a museum like i am taking <laughs> crack the indiana jones approach to yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly and i um and the plot twist in in that book is like i you see it coming in a way because you're like this is too weird to be normal like you know you're just, you, you, once you start reading you're like oh this is a little too weird like you know there, there's i think i know what's happening because it would be too weird if it wasn't that thing um and because it's not a thriller it's more of like contemporary it's about a young boy it's a coming of age of a young boy who lives at a kitschy Niagara Falls town on the Canadian side. And um, it, it's with his weird eccentric uncle who believes in ghosts. Um, and they kind of, and it's like that summer. Um, 
And when the plot twist comes and you learn about the family and the uncle, you you saw it coming. But the fact that it happened and it was real, that's what breaks your heart. It re- you really, really feel gotcha. for the family um, yeah. and all the things that they had to sacrifice and not say. Um, I think like all the things that they had to withhold, like we talk about with, like withholding information yeah. uh, with plot twists. This one, it, the withholding felt so meaningful. Uh, where you're just like, you weren't pissed off by the end. You're like, I don't, why didn't they say this to this person? You're like, oh, that's why. Yeah. That was a good one. Nice. That sounds All good. Right. Some great recommendations for everybody. And also it's like your last pick Aparna, it falls into the like, you get invested with the characters, you get invested with this family yeah. and all of their decisions. And I love, yeah, the the notion of of information being conveyed through what is said as well as what is not said. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes for really, really interesting character relationships. When exactly. it's like these are the things that they're not revealing to each other. Right. Um, and, and we can see why. Tons Tons and tons of great advice through this episode, but if you have a final piece of advice you'd like to share with authors out there hoping to pull off a good plot twist in their fiction. Uh, Read The Phoenix King. Maybe you'll get inspo. (laughs) (laughs) A masterclass. Love Love it. (laughs) My favorite, like, parting piece of advice that we've ever had an author get. I love it. Well, thank you. (laughs) Bravo. Just, just a, a moment of applause. Yes, excellent. Well, you heard it here, folks. If you want to cap off your masterclass, you got to read the Phoenix King. I'm you just saying. Yeah. Yeah. It is out today when this episode goes live. Oh, so go read it. Go read it, people. Bum, bum. All right. Well, that is it for this mini masterclass and our two-parter with Aparna. She's showing off her book right there. Go support authors. Grab it. Go support MJ. Just read good books. Thank you so much. <laughs> For getting twisty with MJ and I, we really appreciate it, Aparna. No. It was great hanging out with you. It was great. It was great nerding out together. It was so much fun. <laughs> Thank you. As well, for anyone who contributes to our Patreon at $10 or more a month, there is a reading from Aparna from The Phoenix King. So go check that out. Aparna, where can people find you on social media? You can find me at spirited underscore gal on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Aparna Writes on TikTok. And my website is theapurnaverma.com. Perfect. And you can also follow SFF Addicts on Instagram, Twitter, and threads at SFF Addicts Pod. Or you can follow me at Adrian M. Gibson. MJ, where can people find you? Yep, you can find me across all the major socials. So Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Blue Sky, threads, whatever uh, fuck else we have these days. <laughs> uh, at MJ Kuhn Books. <laughs> And then mjkoon.com. Yeah, all that shit, wherever. Just mjkoon books is probably me, wherever you are. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Awesome. And you can go pick up Among Thieves, Thickest Thieves. They're both out now. And uh, that's it for this episode. I really appreciate everyone listening. I appreciate you spending the time with us, Aparna. Now, keep reading, keep imagining, and we'll see you next time on SFF Addicts.